from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's hashtag Taiwan highlights and in the spotlight. But as always, we kick off today's program with a brand new edition of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Here in Taiwan. It's now Wednesday, April 28th, if you're joining us on Facebook Live. And for those tuning in on the radio, it's now Thursday the 29th. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today, we've got Allison Chen. And we've got Leslie Liao. Hello. Coming up next, we'll be telling you about a petition to allow guinea pigs onto Taiwan's trains. Also, uh, pineapples from Taiwan are back in the news. Their latest fan is a former Japanese prime minister, you may know. Also, the striking correlation between rainfall and the amount of earthquakes we get here in Taiwan that a scientific team has found, and why that's probably bad news for us, being as we are in the middle of a drought. All that coming up next. Please stick around. So I didn't know this was a rule until today. On Taiwan's railways, you're not allowed to bring guinea pigs. And guinea pigs, I guess we should mention before anything else, are kind of going through a a boom at the moment, thanks to a Japanese stop-motion sort of, uh, not quite cartoon, they make them out of yarn. But yeah. anyway, it's a stop-motion series from Japan that's become popular here that features guinea pigs. It's called Pui Pui, isn't it? Yes, that's the one. I hate... So, I, is it? I, I have no idea what the the appeal is for that show. They're cute. Is that it, or is, the, is there something else? Because well, since it's Japanese, the guinea pigs are also cars. It's a difficult concept if you haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, they're also cars. I saw one. The first episode I've ever seen was um. Uh, I guess it was a bank robbery going down, and they were yeah. using the the guinea pig cars as getaway cars. It's, and it, it's a complicated show, very Japanese. It was so it's, hard to I follow. Think, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that's behind sort of why people are, are thinking about guinea pigs these days in Taiwan. The popularity of this series, I think, has a lot more people raising them, and also I've seen a lot more ads from like animal welfare associations being like, you know, this is a life, not just a toy. Yeah. So think before you buy. Anyway, um. It's just occurred to some people that now you, that you can't have them on trains legally. That's right. John, you you are an owner of a small pet, your, yes. your bunny red. Have you ever taken it on a, the bunny on public transportation? The metro only. Okay. So um, what's going on here is that I, even I had, when I saw this story, I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, the Ministry of Transport and Communications said yesterday that the railway they, it asked the railway bureau to study the possibility of allowing passengers to take guinea pigs or small pets on trains now the thing mm. that fascinates me is this is coming from a ministry and it ordered the railway bureau to conduct a study i'm not sure it's such a how, government thing like yeah i'm not sure look do a study to look into the possibility of maybe yeah just, this. just do like a what, a, what how a, what feasible a, is a that feasibility <laughs> study that's exactly what it is um, so what happened was a woman identified as Roni on 
Earlier this year, on January 19th, she posted a proposal on the government's policy network participation platform. That's a fun word to say. Yeah, it's a lot of Ps. Um, but it'll, it basically allows people to kind of like propose um, rules and uh, got like rule overhauls and stuff like that. It's another way for people to participate in government. And um, it said that as of February 26th, the proposal had been seconded by 5,110 people. Let the guinea pigs ride the rails. Yeah, they're just like... Is it just guinea pigs or... Uh, it says small pets, but you okay. said you brought your bunny on a on train. On the metro. So. On okay. the metro. That's not railways. Right. However, that rule is definitely not enforced. I have seen rabbits on the train network here and nobody ever said anything. Uh -huh. So I, I doubt the conductors even know that that's a rule. Right. And then, um, so what happened was... Is this is kind of like gov.org for um yeah for 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 Taiwan. And what is it? The threshold for the White House to respond to an official petition is like nine thousand. Yeah, signatures. yeah. They have about similar things in a lot of countries. In Taiwan, they say if you if your um your proposal gets five thousand signatures within four months, uh, you're going to get a response from the government. And uh, I guess four months in, in, within one month, it got government efficiency. So would you believe that? And right now, John, I answer your question. The, the Taiwan Railways Administration and the high speed rail only allows dogs, cats, turtles, fish and shrimp on board. OK, uh, does it uh, they have to be cooked or like live shrimp? I would assume this is talking about live shrimp, but that is obviously. So you can specific. bring a shrimp on board a train in Taiwan, but not a guinea pig. Do guinea pigs eat shrimp? Like, is there no, a they eat grass? There? Yeah. So like, or hey, um, and uh, this person complained that while well, you're opening up to fish and shrimp, um, they're thinking they're saying just like it's inconvenient for people who want to travel with their pet guinea pigs, adding that the only option they have is to leave the pets in the care of friends, relatives, or pet hotels. And I don't think I've seen a lot of pet hotels that serve as guinea pigs. That seems oddly specific. Even rabbits, there's not a lot. Yeah, not a lot of options for rabbits. I go to the shelter when I need to. They have a place you can pay for the night by the night. Do they? Yeah. Oh, that's 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 nice. I of them. get the executive suite. Oh, for my rabbit. Wow, you really spoil that bunny, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah. So this is, looks like. Um, so why why did they say they say uh, guinea pigs and rabbits are similar in nature? They yeah. are not rambunctious. Would you say that? Are they rambunctious, they John? They can be. Okay. But only in the middle of the night. <laughs> really? Your bunny makes a lot of noise in the middle of the night? Um, Sometimes. Okay. Um, They say the, the guinea pigs would not like make a lot of noise, which is, I don't think is guinea true. Guinea pigs do. I've heard guinea pigs they, squeak. They, they, can, they squeak a lot. Yeah. yeah. But only when there's food involved, usually. Is that right? Yeah, I used to have one when I was a kid, and uh, any rustling of plastic that they think may be food... Uh, you get a lot. It's quite loud. Guinea pigs will do yeah. that. Okay. I don't think it's going to bother anyone. Uh, I don't know. Well, they said like if you keep a guinea pig in a securely fastened cage, they wouldn't run out and they wouldn't affect the other passengers. But I can imagine how a loose guinea pig would create a lot of mayhem. It depending on on, on a train. Uh, depending, right? Um, Roni says guinea pigs spend most of their time at home. The chances of people catching viruses from them are low. Yeah, I don't see that being an issue. And there's a little record of guinea pigs attacking people. <laughs> I, I, they do. This, they do bite. But did this really have to go on the on the report? But they're not aggressive. Yeah. Um, they're not aggressive. They're they're scared. Like they squeak because they're scared. Anyway, they squeak when they're happy too. The railway bureau said they would ensure that the Taiwan Railway Administration and the High Speed Rail would study the possibility of implementing the proposal. Mm, your tax dollars at work. That's so much bureaucracy at work, man. There's they're just it's just like can we possibly maybe assess the you know possibility of bringing on guinea pigs? There's it's, just so many more. It's not a rule that's actually enforced, but. You think oh, so? Well, 
Yeah, yeah, no, I've definitely seen people bring their rabbits on trains. So guinea pigs might be the next one. I mean, you'd be able to bring your bunny on our trip around the train if this passes. He wouldn't like it. But... No? Uh, he, he wants his executive suite, you're yes. right. He only travels first class. Okay, up next, it's yet another tale of Taiwanese pineapples. Just to recap for those who don't know, Taiwan uh, is really reaching out and trying to uh, sort of get more people to eat its pineapples ever yes. since China banned them. Yeah. Uh, to a certain extent, local orders have helped pick up the slack for farmers, but Japan is uh, the place where a lot of people have suddenly shown interest, including some of our listeners, actually. Yeah. They've written to tell us from Japan that they have uh, purposely purchased Taiwan pineapples from their local supermarkets. I mean, Japan has been very enthusiastic about uh, eating pineapple. It's... Well, they love fruit. Food is like a that is true, but they, they but they do they do like exquisite fruit. Yes, right? they do supremely like their their melons. But are... mo most of Japan can't grow pineapples. So oh, is that they don't right? Have the climate for it. Yeah, only the southern bits. I know they also do mangoes in some parts of this of southern. -ish oh Japan, wow, but, I didn't realize that. Um, like you said, very exquisite mangoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, uh, not a whole lot of uh, tropical growing areas. Well, I so. know, like, in, in Japan, they take their fruit so seriously. They're like, oh, this grape is a triple S grade grape, and it's 600 US dollars. And they're to massive. The half gram. Yeah, no, they're very expensive. They're the size of the apples, right? Anyway, I digress because we're talking about Taiwanese pineapples. But earlier, um, I think the past two days, Shinzo Abe, the former prime minister to uh, Japan, he was. He took a picture with a box of Taiwanese pineapples, and he said, uh, "This is." De he's like, "Today's dessert is pineapple, and it looks so good." And on the box, it says Taiwan pineapples. Like, so it's clearly no labeled. Clearly labeled, and he's just sitting there with five pineapples. I can't imagine he's eating these all by himself. But was it um, Pompeo? Was did he? Was that mangoes or pineapples? Dried was, pineapple. Right, dried pineapple. Yeah, so he, even so, he's joining a long list of uh, former high-level government people in both the U.S. and Japan who have been uh, deliberately, I think, posing with our fruit produce. Yeah, he got um he 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 got those from um Xiaobi Kim, who's the de facto Taiwanese ambassador to the U.S. Oh, Pompeo did, yeah. Yeah, Pompeo dry, did. dried pineapple. I don't know where Shinzo Abe got his pineapple from. He's very cryptic about it. He's just saying today's pineapple is dessert. I and, wonder if uh, that's meant as a, a swipe at China because that seems to... Pompeo was definitely was trolling. Did he... You think so? Oh, yeah. Do you see the thing with the... Wasn't he with, like, chessboard? Yeah, it was he had like a chessboard. It was, like, definitely Actually, <laughs> aimed no, at China. You know what? You're right about that. That's that's true. It, it's pretty... Yeah. It's pretty flip-flagrant. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Abe's a bit more subtle. Uh, so not only that, but uh, Abe got the attention of our own president, Tsai Ing-wen. And uh, she took to Twitter, and she's just like, "If you don't have enough pineapples, I'll just I'll, I'll ship some more to you. We have a lot. a lot of them, yeah." He's like, "You don't you don't have to be 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 Shy nice about, the about pineapples. it. Just 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 tell us." But he's got five. Like, if he formally puts in a request for pineapples, I'll be like, "Wow, he goes through a lot of pineapples." <laughs> well, I don't know. He probably has family members. Or, oh yeah, that's or true. Other people who in his political circle who might like some. Yeah. Uh, we got a few comments here. Jen Delari says, I would really love to try Taiwanese pineapples. Maybe I'll poke around the local Asian stores. They, they'll probably They're have them. They're hard to find outside of Taiwan. I've never seen them in the States. Oh, is we, that right? We get most, in the States, most of the tropical produce tends to come from like South America. or the, I think like pineapple cannot travel yeah, for too I, long. I don't think that pineapples oh. keep very well. 
That's right. They had a problem in Singapore as well. I'm not sure if that was related to keeping, but did they? Oh, right. It was um the the core rot, right? Core rot. I think um Which sounds like a great metal band. That does sound like a great metal band. <laughs> John, are you listening? Are you into metal? No, but I just think that's a great idea. Uh, Nazir Aziz says watermelon of Japan is very expensive, and it's useful to clean the inner bot to uh to detox. Oh, uh, have you ever had Japanese pineapple? I mean, uh, Japanese watermelon. I have not the square kind. That's that's the one that I was going to follow up with. That how do you know? Because no, because I was at a homestay with a farming family. I was so fascinated. In Japan. I'm so fascinated by the by the concept of no, a square no, no. It was a very ordinary watermelon. Okay, <laughs> I was just I was going to ask you so many things. This was about to become the square watermelon show. Um, Michael G. Kelly says, "Hi guys, I'm from Ireland. Uh, goes to show how normal life is in Taiwan with bringing guinea pigs on trains is worth talking about." Yeah. I mean that's a, it's a it's a blessing and a curse. Some days we're like, wow, <laughs> slow news it's day. Like, huh? like the rest of the world is having but trouble. We're then... not on fire, so that's good. That is very that is true. Uh, yeah, so that's what's going on. I mean, Shinzo Abe is the next person to endorse Taiwanese pineapples. I guess. I mean, this comes hot off the heels, like you said. Japanese people have been very very uh, supportive of Taiwanese pineapple. Very friendly. One guy Taiwan. was giving away one guy well, a guy oh, who owned a ramen restaurant. In Tokyo, he was just giving away pineapples with every, really? uh, not every bowl of ramen, but like every time you paid, he's just like, you have a, have a Tony's pineapple. So, uh, you know, spreading the word. I don't know. Um, you might be able to find it. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Now over to the world of science. And I'm not sure if this has been published yet or not. I think, uh, let's see. Oh, Wednesday last week. So it has been published. And I guess it's been peer-reviewed. Oh, okay. Um, this is an interesting look at the correlation between how much rainfall Taiwan gets and how frequent earthquakes hit here. And they have found a pretty striking... and. Do I'm, the two really have anything to do with each other? So there's imagine. a caveat. There's okay, a caveat. Okay, okay. Um, it's uh, less pertinent to shallow earthquakes. We're talking mostly deep ones, but there is a correlation, and my very unscientific personal experience of living here actually matches up, like my sensation of how frequent earthquakes are seasonally matches up with their findings pretty well. Okay. So what they found is that like heavy rainfall, which tends to come with summer typhoons and heat and thunderstorms over Taiwan, okay, kind of... I don't know if this means lubricate or what, but I mean they they use the word hydrological loading on thrust fault lines that which is... makes them less likely to sl- slip. And, John, you and... know any word over three syllables confuses me. <laughs> well, anyway, they found that they they make the faults here less likely to slip mm-hmm. and create an earthquake. Meanwhile, in the winter, where the loading decreases and weather is often drier, you have more seismicity, more earthquakes. Right. Um, and. They have found that uh, looking just at uh, parts of southern Taiwan over a period of a few years, they ha- they found like three earthquakes above six in intensity that all happened during the same season in 2010, 2012, and 2016. This all is the winter season? The, yeah. Uh, well, sort of leading into spring, so March-ish, February, March. And like when you think about it, that's when the Tainan earthquake hit. Mm. That's also when the Hualien earthquake hit. That was the there was those are two big one ones that have happened since I've been here. Oh, the two big ones, both roughly the same period around. If you want to Chinese talk New about, Year, we're we're around that same time, and then there was a Hualien earthquake out like two weeks ago, right, or a week ago at this point. So like into like February, March is mostly when we're talking about, and they say that this 
finding mm-hmm. could provide good insight into improving our like hazard assessment for where where bit, what bits might be in of Taiwan might be in, in danger when uh, you look at where the faults are. That's so strange. You tell me I when you told me there was a correlation, yeah. I was just like Here, wow. here's the in short the in summary. Yeah. The frequency of earthquakes that measure 2.5 to 6 in magnitude is higher in the winter and early spring and it mu- and lower from July to September. And that has that matches up with the rain cycle or when we get more rain generally speaking. Um and yeah, they think that something called hydrological loading on thrust faults is the reason for that. So again, the caveat is that we're talking mostly deep earthquakes. Mm. And uh, but uh, it's interesting uh, and it's especially timely because we're in the middle of a very serious dry spell. And the Central Weather Bureau has noted that seismicity so far this year has been higher than in previous years. So, uh, so does that overall? Mean... OK, um, so, yeah, there's a study. It's been it was published last week. It includes contributions from Canadian, Japanese and U.S. researchers, although uh, it looks like the team was led by an author from our uh, Academia Sinica. Mm, our I guess you're Institute. right with the drought, right? There the, and the two, subs, uh, you know, the two uh, quick succession earthquakes. Last so, earthquake before that, I remember, was also, oh, no, that was up in Elon, the one back in November. Right. Well, again, it's roughly. It's not like we never have earthquakes outside that period. It's just mm. the frequency is what they're saying. And so, yeah, they, they think that Taiwan is a good model for testing whether, like, this idea is true or not uh because we sit on a bunch of these fault thrust quakes thrust thrust fault quake quakes Uh it's hard to say and so we can be a good uh, case study for the influence of what they call loading and unloading of the of uh, water basically on earthquake modulation that 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 it's interesting it's an interesting idea anyway i don't know i think it's far from proven but uh I don't know. It's it's been published in it's called the Science Advances. It's the name of the journal. That's a fascinating way of thinking about it. I guess like for the rain, because you tell me like rain and earthquakes. I was like the two barely have any that, but I, I guess it does make sense that the water seeps into the I earth. I don't know if it then... like I'm not sure what they mean by hydrological loading. They don't define that. Like, but it's it kind of sounds like they kind of make it they lubricate this. yeah that's, that's, that's exactly what it sounds I like i may be right? totally misinterpreting that, uh, that term it's a little but... bit of a wd-40 for the fault yeah, lines yeah yeah uh yeah medium level earthquakes here's another quote medium level earthquakes in taiwan occur more frequently in february and march and less so in the summer huh that's just know, what they've man? measured so i mean hey the scientists know more than i do at the, this point the bigger quakes that i can remember all did happen in that period though since i've been here and that's about like eight ish nine ish years now so It could just be the ones that I don't, you know, and also they looked at the south of Taiwan. So it Mm. could also be a regional thing. I think that there's more to be explored here. Gotcha. Just in one part of Taiwan or because I don't see any northern earthquakes like where we are mentioned in this article. Not not very often we get northern earthquakes. It's an interesting idea nonetheless. Mm. Now we head over to Starbucks. It's. An interesting thing that in a, a country that generally doesn't use, well, I guess a lot of people do have English names here, but mostly people's names are written with Chinese characters in Taiwan. I still use, yeah, my Chinese character name. So, like, it's a lot, you would think, because uh, there are really only about a hundred or so common surnames, for instance, here, that uh, that would make the, the thing where the barista gets your name completely wrong less common. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a limited number of common surnames. And you just think that it would be that would make it easier for them to get it right. Not so. It turns out that uh, the Chinese language is full of homonyms, words and characters that sound alike, 
And that creates its own pitfalls. We don't really have issues with misspelling, but the wrong characters. Okay, some interesting names have come out of this. Yeah, if you say if you say a word, like people will probably think of different ones, right? Yeah. Like if I say like "tun," we we could all be thinking, "Well, that's way too common." That's a bit hard to mess yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. For instance, Lan? like yeah, lie, land, and lie, kind of similar, and then like. Right. Write it wrong. Anyway, there are a lot of characters that sound alike or close enough to other characters mm. that you can end up with a very wrong name. So tell so, us what's going on. Yeah. So like people are saying that because like Starbucks usually asks for your surname, so they can call you when the mail is ready. But like a lot of people are complaining that like the staff usually write their surname wrong and with some really strange one. <laughs> How strange? Um, like the news says that. Lan to lie. Oh. Lan is blue and lie is calm. And then like some is like also Huang and Wang. So it's like similar pronunciation. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm. So Wang and so that, that that equivalent would be Wang and Huang. Yeah. Right? Some people are just like don't wanna happen again, so just made up one easy one. What are the what are the names people make up? Um I, you know, I, it, often, yeah? I often no. make up a name at Starbucks because uh, even John is difficult for some of these baristas. What do you usually say, John? I don't know. Um, my Chinese surname is Wan, which just means 10,000. And if you clarify that that's the character you mean, it's kind of hard for them to mess that one up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually have been in Starbucks in ages, so it's not a frequent problem with Aren't me. Aren't you a coffee drinker? Uh, oh, they don't ask you maybe in 7-Eleven? Yeah, no, they no. just they're just like here's here's your coffee. Yeah, they just go there. You go have fun. It's a much more easy system, actually, not being asked your name. Uh, yeah. Hey, get, what's your face? Everything else <laughs> takes a number, right? <laughs> hey, you. That's yeah. not that's not good customer service, though. I, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. Speaking of consumer habits, though, uh, we got a story over here. I don't know if you guys remember, but we were talking about salmon. People changing their name to salmon. Oh goodness, that again! To get a free meal well, at a sushi restaurant. Yeah, and it created, it generated a lot of kitchen waste, and people changed their name to salmon without realizing that they couldn't change it back. Some people did, yes. Yeah. Um. So now, of all people, a city government is taking a page out of that book. Really? Yeah. People. Which would, city government would that be? The city of Kaohsiung. Oh. So in southern Taiwan, they say anybody with the name. Gao and or their names includes the characters for Gao and Xiong. They can get a free one night stay at a hotel, according to a press release. And this was released by the Kaohsiung Tourism Bureau earlier today. Well, I think that unlike Salmon, which I not which it turned out that some people actually had that character in their name before. Did they? I, that, I, that thing. I didn't know. Gao, Gao and Xiong are both pretty common characters. Gao in particular is a common surname. Yeah, it's so a I think lots. Of, I think they better be prepared. The government there better be prepared to pay out. Well, so they said the first one hundred applicants will get a mm. uh, a free night at their choice of five hotels. So they were smart. They they they, they limited yeah. the number of people who they they, they definitely pay limited. for. I think they also say that you cannot change your name. Oh, okay, so you can't change your yeah, name now? have to be your original name. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. It says, uh, in order to avoid people changing their names just to take advantage of the deal, the Bureau called attention to the rule that only those who had their name prior to the announcement are eligible. 
I bet you a lot of people aren't going to read that fine print or are going to change their name anyway. <laughs> I, I if bet the salmon you. fiasco showed anything, it's that Taiwanese people will do just about anything to get a free lunch or hotel stay or whatever. It doesn't and, matter. And uh, you're absolutely right. That's so. That's it's uh that that one guy named Salmon Dream. He changed his name to Salmon Dream. Only to realize that in Taiwan you can only change your name legally three times, and yeah. then you're stuck with whatever you. And he went like. home, and he t- and his mom told him, "What are you doing? You changed your name twice. Salmon you're Dream." Stuck. I don't know. That's an interesting name. I can think of worse names to be stuck with. But. Salmon? Tuna? Yeah. Tuna? <laughs> Octopus? Well, thanks to everyone who wrote in with your comments. We love to hear them, so please keep them coming. Uh, and that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. I'm Allison Chang. And I'm Leslie Liao. Don't go anywhere just yet. Up next, it's Hashtag Taiwan Highlights and In the Spotlight. Welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. Every week in this show, we take a look at what's trending online in Taiwan, whether it's social media or online news or anything that the Internet is just talking about in general. This week, we're going to be talking about a typhoon. Now, what happened with this typhoon? Did it come to Taiwan? Well, actually, no, the opposite. I don't know if you've been paying attention to Taiwan news, but currently the country is undergoing its worst drought in 56 years. Farmers are having a hard time, and authorities in central Taiwan have even limited the water supply to five days a week, so they're cutting water supplies two days out of the week. Taiwan depends on typhoons for a lot of rainwater, and last year no typhoons made landfall, meaning there wasn't a lot of water coming in. Two weeks ago, there was a glimmer of hope as a typhoon formed over the Pacific, and it looked like it was headed for Taiwan until it wasn't. What was the internet's reaction? Well, they weren't too happy with the typhoon. What's this all about, and how did the internet react? Well, I'm going to be covering this on Hashtag Taiwan coming up right now. Typhoons are natural disasters that you typically want to avoid, but right now, people in Taiwan would love a typhoon. That's because Taiwan is going through its worst drought in 56 years, and the country actually depends on typhoons to bring rainwater. And last year, not a single typhoon made landfall. It's hard to say if that's a good or bad thing. On the one hand, we're spared from the damages that typhoons might bring. On the other hand, people need their water. The situation has gotten so bad that parts of central Taiwan have cut water supplies two days out of the week. The news lens even has a real-time tracker of reservoir levels around Taiwan. Last week, Typhoon Surigae formed off the eastern coast of the Philippines, bringing with it the hope of rain. However, weather experts quickly predicted that the typhoon would veer back out east into the Pacific, again missing Taiwan. Now, people don't usually try to reason with forces of nature. When there's an earthquake, I don't run outside and say... 
No. No. Stop that. But people have started to lash out at Surrogate. Specifically, they turn to this Plurk thread to vent. Plurk is this Taiwanese Reddit Twitter hybrid. I don't know why its logo is a headless pig though. Anyway, the start of the thread is a news story which says surrogate will not directly affect Taiwan. It says that it might even bring with it dry winds. It was at that point that people just unleashed a storm on surrogate. Here are a few entries. Worthless. You are a failure. You are garbage. Have a backbone. Why do you even exist? You may as well have not formed. Go back to where you came from. We don't need you. Where do you get off calling yourself a typhoon? It's bad enough that you don't bring rain, but dry winds also? You are a hen that doesn't lay eggs, but instead defecates. And my personal favorite, how dare you call yourself a typhoon when you've never been to Taiwan? People are straight up dogpiling on surrogate. There are about 2,000 comments on the thread, each one just taking pot shots at the typhoon. When Andrew Ryan first brought this story to my attention, he mentioned something about typhoon shaming, but after reading up on it, I'm pretty sure this is cyberbullying. The thing is, surrogate has intensified into a super typhoon, so it might be better that it didn't pass over Taiwan. I have a sneaking suspicion that surrogate heard what people were saying and got angry. Anything you'd like to say to the typhoon, Andrew? Well, I was going to say better luck next time, but I don't know. I don't think we should talk like that to our uh, strong weather forces. I think we should be nice to the weather. Yeah. <laughs> as long I hope they'll nice be to nice to us. Yeah. <laughs> and that was this week's episode of Hashtag Taiwan. I do hope you enjoyed it and found this particular perspective about a typhoon interesting. However, I will say that typhoons are rather dangerous and scary and they cause a lot of damage, wreak a lot of havoc, break a lot of homes, and displace a lot of people. And if you're happening to tune in from part of the Philippines where Surrogate hit, I hope you guys are doing safe. I hope everything was okay. And I just want you to know that our best wishes are with you. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, have a great day wherever you are. I'll talk to you again soon. Imagine life without the sweet QQ of boba. Sad, huh? Today I'm going to show you how to make a very simple boba with just three ingredients. So simple, in fact, that when you see headlines warning of a boba shortage, a boba apocalypse, you'll never have to worry again because you're going to be able to make it yourself. So all you need is 100 grams of tapioca starch, 40 grams of brown sugar, and 65 grams of water. Start by boiling the water and adding the brown sugar. Mix it up good. Then pour the mixture into your tapioca starch and quickly combine. Once it's cool enough to touch, you're going to want to get your hands in there and knead it. And you should be forewarned, this could take a while. If it's too dry, add a little hot water. If it's too wet, add a little starch. This is starting to look pretty good, like modeling clay. But actually, we have a small problem here. It's spreading like lava. I adjust by adding some more tapioca starch, and eventually, I get a nice doughy texture that doesn't stick to my hands. Next, I sprinkle the surface with tapioca starch and roll out about a quarter of the dough into a fat worm. Chop that baby up into tiny chunks, 
but you'll want them a little smaller than boba because they're going to expand when you cook them. Carefully roll each ball one at a time with two fingers in your palm. If they crumble, wet your fingers. Boop. And be sure to coat your boba babies with starch so they don't stick together. How about them bobas? Now it's time to cook them. And for that, we need a liter of boiling water. Drop your boba in the pot and immediately begin stirring them to keep them from sticking together. Once they rise to the surface with a rolling boil, you'll want to cover the pot and cook them for 15 minutes. Here's what they look like after about 15 minutes. A little big perhaps, but they've got a nice color and they're slightly translucent. Now I've turned off the heat, I'm going to let them luxuriate in this hot bath for another 10 minutes to get them nice and chewy at the center, or QQ as we say in Taiwan. At this point, you can run them under cold water if you don't want them to get too gloopy, but I head straight to the final step and add some brown sugar to sweeten them up. Don't these babies look delicious? Only thing that's missing now is some sweet Taiwanese milk tea to wash them down. And now the moment of truth. How do our little uh, boba taste? Ooh, those look good. They look bouncy and chewy. I, uh, and I hope so. Big. They're kind of big. Uh, I'm going Ooh, to. My straw's going to fit in there. I'm going to make you each uh, a glass, and you each Ooh. have a disposable. Not disposable, straws. reusable. I'm reusable. Sorry. That's right. It's huh? Earth Day, Andrew. So. That's right. Look at this. These are from RTI, actually. They Reduce, gave reuse, recycle. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Alicia Chen is someone who was originally going to study industrial design as an excuse to be an exchange student to Spain. But then she met a person while there who works as a chef on a refugee boat. So she ended up going on the boat for three days with not having to pick up any stranded refugees, thank goodness, and reporting about it. She then asked around if any media outlet wanted her story, and that's how she has become a freelance reporter since then. Her focus is still mostly on refugees. Let's find out more from Alicia about this job she has come to love. What do you hope? to do as you continue to report on refugees? I, I, I don't want to make a change, but definitely I don't think uh, <laughs> as big as I change the world. But as it's just as now we have this conversation just to let more people know about refugees, not a group of people from particularly countries. They could happen to any one of us? Any, exactly. Any country, actually. Exactly. That's um, kind of scary. <laughs> I mean, that's scary, but I also make me feel like it's kind of, I would say that refugee status, like in this situation, you you could one day become a um, refugee, but like you, you will end this situation when you back to your country or you find a new home. Uh, you feel like safe and then feel protected in a place where you call home. Mm. Yeah. So that's what I feel like. It's not fixed uh, in like specific groups of people. Um, that it's it's like like water like flowed. Yeah, it flowed. Uh-huh. And then um, so that's why I, I want that more people know like there are many different sides to look into this 
these issues. So we should all appreciate where we are in life right now. Mm, right? Yeah, we should be more grateful. Exactly. For yeah. you know um, how lucky we are, or you know the kind of lives we 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 do have. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like uh, I have a sip of of tea under the sun, you know, sitting uh, in the park. Even just like that simple thing. Right. That, simple you know, things. Yeah. Like that make me feel more appreciated what right. I have. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try to desire too much stuff. You know, <laughs> just yeah. be happy that you can breathe or. That you can write, like you said, you know, sit under the sun and have a sip of coffee or something like that. Yeah. Do most of these refugees that you interviewed, they long to go back to their home country, or they're willing to turn a new leaf and just be content where they are? Because some of them probably feel that they're better off being in a different country than their own home country, right? But yeah. most of them, do they long to go back to their home country? It varies, and and also depends on the situations in their country. I met quite a lot of um, uh, Syrians, and then uh, actually until now the war hasn't ended yet. But I know some of them would prefer to go back to to their country. Uh, they would, still, even though it's war torn. Um, and and some major cities now that is livable. I won't say oh, okay. um, it's it's safe or it's completely okay um but some still feel like that's where they 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 from yeah mm. and then they some of them still have a family, family there living there um but but not all of them can manage to go back um uh-huh. due to other reasons and so far i think i only i only knew one syrian that uh is back he's back oh um, really to uh to to his hometown with his family, and then he might get married soon. But I think he will probably leave <laughs> the country um, to Jordan or to Europe. I think uh-huh. he went back just to get married. He he worked there during uh, during the war. Yeah, oh, okay. so he was there working as an architect, and he met a girl. He met his true love, mm. and then so he wanted to marry. Uh, he wanted to marry her. Uh-huh. So uh, they were engaged, and then they were trying to think where they can go afterward. So it's not like completely uh, impossible uh, mm. to go back. Okay. Actually, some of them they go back and then leave again. Oh. Yeah. So like in the major cities like Damascus, at Aleppo's, and some areas, uh, like um, people are rebuilding their city. Okay. While the other parts of the country are still in the war. <laughs> oh. Wow, yeah, this is kind of hard to imagine. Yeah. Um, trying to trying to picture what that is like. So you've interviewed refugees from Syria. What other nationalities of refugees have you, or um, actually the yeah. cities, the countries mm-hmm. that you've visited? You yeah. pretty much were there yeah. to do a report on refugees, like Lebanon. Yeah, and where else have you been? Um, um, in Malta, in oh right, Malta, Spain, UK, and uh, in Cambodia. It was all um, to cover on refugee issues. Not all of them. Um, actually, that fits uh, related to social issues, uh, human rights issues, and then as long as uh, the story interests me or uh, I think that I care about, 
and I would like to report mm. that. But most of them are uh, related to refugee issues or forced migration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, you also cover international news stories to bring back to Taiwan mm-hmm. because Taiwan, in some ways, we have very limited access to international news. A lot of news TV stations cover mostly local news, mm-hmm. even if they do international news. It's just very a couple of minutes, and then it's back to local news. You know. Yeah. But um, actually, you do news sto- articles both ways, like. You know, for other countries to understand Taiwan, but also for Taiwan to understand the world.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you decide on what topics to cover? Well, besides refugee issues, yeah, that's a very specific topic. Yeah. What have you seen most international media's want to know about Taiwan besides the fact that we don't very well containing the COVID <laughs> pandemic? Besides that, I think then, as I said,、um, you know, when I encountered. Uh, stories that I'm interesting, I'm care, I care about. I would like to cover that. And、oh, so, any what other topics besides and, and refugees? So,、um, like migrant workers in Taiwan,、oh, I'm also quite、too. interesting in that.、Uh-huh. And then also um, um, like human rights issues, gender issues, and I also touch a bit.、Uh-huh. Um, not a lot, but、uh, I do cover.、Uh-huh. And then also.、Um, Recently, because、um, like Taiwan's more visible and in international media outlets,、uh, they are more interesting than like politics.、Uh, you mean like, Taiwan's more interested in politics? No, no, or, in、uh, international media、yeah, uh, outlets. Oh, other countries in, interesting in politics. In Taiwan's <laughs> politics or、uh, cross-strait relations, and、um, mm. but I think I would like、yeah. like to highlight as I、uh, like more and more international media outlets interesting in LGBT issues in、mm-hmm. Taiwan,、uh, especially after、uh, 2019, uh, Taiwan passed uh, like uh, same-sex marriage. Agency, yeah, yeah. So I think that is also something that they are quite interested in,、mm. and in Taiwan is、uh, like two as a country like really promote、uh, our values and democracy and、sure. uh, human rights. Yeah.、Um, so something related to that, and then some media outlets are like kind of、um, mm. you know a bit interesting in. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. You know, I'm always very wary. If I were,、um, you know, a reporter reporting on politics,、mm-hmm. I'm always worried about, you know, oh, what if I don't get the information right?、Mm-hmm. What if I got some wrong information? What if I didn't, you know, didn't uh, uh, verify this or something like that? Yeah. So I try to stay away from those kind of stories, you know, <laughs> because people can get back to you and say you're wrong. Yeah. How do you go about finding, I mean, correct information? What's the word? Yeah, <laughs> accurate. Yeah, accurate. Yeah, accuracy. Yeah, how yeah. do you how do you go about the, doing that? Because、yeah. from a couple of reports that I read、mm, that you wrote、mm-hmm. about migrant workers and all、mm. that, I can tell that you did a lot of research、mm-hmm. and that you confirmed your information before you wrote it in,、mm-hmm. right? So I mean, how do you go about doing that? It actually takes a lot of time to do that, and then I would say that not all the time that we can. Um, clarified all the informations that we、um, we we get.、Yeah. Um, so I think one thing is that just try our best to、uh, 
to get、uh, more information, the more evidence. For example, if I talk to my interviewee and then he or she share、uh, the story, I will say, "Do you have photos? Do you have more evidence? Do you have some documents that you can show me?" And、uh, and then if like something that we can't really、um, uh, conference through doing online research. We can, for example, like talk to more people and to especially those who don't know each other,、mm. <laughs> and then so we can ask them, "Have you heard about this?" And then、um, do you have more information about this、uh, this case? And that's the how the way that we try to to clarify the information. But another things I would like to say is that. Uh, as a reporter,、uh, and we also have the deadlines all the time. So I think so. One thing that's important is that not to overinterpret the information we get. So、oh, okay. to, to be as honest as honest as possible, <laughs> and what we have. For example, today I was like interviewed this、uh, lady, right? And, and she told me the story. I would say according to her, or、right. she said blah blah blah. Right. And so at this, I let the audience know that this is what she said. Right. And I. It's important that readers understand that some informations that they can fully trust, but、mm-hmm. some that they also have to be aware that this is the narrative according to this person.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that helps. Has anybody accused you of wrong information? <laughs> <laughs> some errors, but I won't say wrong informations. Means、uh, like、um, what? Use the wrong word? You mean? Not really use the wrong word. Just like. <laughs>、um, Yeah, but it, but it was some st-、uh, small mistakes.、Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, but it was never because of wrong information. I get it. Yeah. No. You're you're pretty cautious.、Uh, okay. I I sometimes like dreamt of that. I reported some wrong information, and then that was like a nightmare for me because I was like always very cautious about it and know、uh-huh. how. Um, how serious and how like how dangerous it could be if、yeah. I I admit the wrong information. Right. Um. So、I、have to be as casual as possible. I know. <laughs> the other thing is numbers. You know, getting getting the numbers wrong. You yeah. Know, that can that can be that can be crucial. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, those like, things that I I'm yeah, afraid of. Yeah. Exactly. Um. It's really hard to know that what number uh what data that we get is. Um, correct, accurate. Because,、uh, for example, if we say this this data is um as um according to the World Bank or the UNICEF or UNICR, does it mean just、uh, it's an、um, accurate number? <laughs> oh, yeah. But I mean, of course, it's、um, just I, 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 what I can do is just uh, uh, do my best to、mm. to to tell the readers that. How they do this research?、Yeah. Well, usually the bigger the organization is, the more global the organization is. We、yeah. trust their numbers, you know. Yeah, that's in general. That's how we look at things, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Were you ever in danger, risk to your life? I won't say that I was really in danger because、uh, I was I was not in the war zone or you know, <laughs> and next door to it. it. Yeah, <laughs> but I remember、uh, once I was in Lebanon and、mm. then I visited one refugee camps in in the north in the morning and it was a, a clean and a small refugee camp and then people are like slightly happier than those who live in others、mm-hmm. and so we have a great time there and interview a couple of people. And、uh, afterward, I get back to、um, to the city, 
Uh, in that evening, my friend uh, sent me the link of a video. Can hear gunshot or clash or uh, blast.、Mm-hmm. I was like, "What's going on?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, there's a clash,、um, elementary clash,、uh, in the place where I visited in the morning. Oh wow!、Yeah. But I didn't feel like you know.、Um, Afraid because、uh, I was not there. <laughs> True, so, but to think that I was just there this morning. Yeah, and I then, was.、Exactly. And, the, and then hours later, you know, the whole thing changed. Yeah, that that can be scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I so know much. it's not easy, but、having. um, yeah, but it's really great talking to you. Yeah,、and、it's my pleasure too. Okay, we'll keep it up. We'll see how one small person can make a big change in the world. <laughs>、okay. We have to believe that, right? Yeah, definitely. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So just think that you're not the only person who really cares. Exactly. There is、yeah. a lot more people and doing the same thing and、mm-hmm. maybe doing more or、yeah. seeing what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Great. great. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you for sharing. Thank、okay. you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me/radiotaiwanintl. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me/radiotaiwanintl for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you.